Good afternoon. Well, hello, hello, hello. Oh my goodness. We are on chapter 18. Chapter 18 of Five Go Off in a Caravan. Oh my goodness. And they are going, the children are all going inside the hole. But they've had to leave Pongo. Oh, sorry, I've got hiccups. <gasps> sorry, excuse me. Where they've had to leave to Tongo, Pongo even, tied to the caravan wheel because he would not go back down that hole. He was scared. So, well, chapter 18 is called Inside the Hill. Ooh. So here goes. The children had all put on extra jerseys by Julian's orders, for he knew it would be cold inside the dark hill. Nobby had been lent an old one of Dick's, and they were glad of them as soon as they were walking down the dark passage that led to the first cave, for the air was very chilly. They came to the small cave, and Julian flashed his torch to show them where the footholds went up the walls, a hole in the roof. Ah! <gasps> So exciting, said George, thrilled. I love this sort of thing. Where does that hole in the roof lead to, I wonder? I'll go first, Ju. No, you won't, said Julian firmly. I go first. You don't know what might be at the top. So up he went. His torch held in his mouth, for he needed both hands to climb. The footholds were strong nails driven into the rock of the cave wall and they were fairly easy to climb. He got to the hole in, a, in the roof and popped his head through. He gave a cry of astonishment. I say, there's a most enormous cavern up here. Bigger than six dance halls. And the walls are all glittering with something. Phosphorescence, I should think. He scrambled out of the hole and stood on the floor of the immense cave. Its walls twinkled in their weird light. And Julian shut off his torch. There was almost enough phosphorescent light in the cavern to see by without the torch. One by one, the others came up and stared in wonder. It's like Aladdin's cave, said Anne. Isn't that an odd light shining from the walls? And from the roof too, Julian. Dick and George had rather a difficulty in getting Timmy up into the cavern, but they managed it at last. Timmy put his tail down at once when he saw the curious light gleaming everywhere but it went up again when George patted him. What an enormous place said Dick. Do you suppose this is where the men hide their stuff whatever it is? Julian flashed his torch on again and swung it round and about picking out the dark rocky corners. Well can't see anything hidden he said but We'd better explore the cave properly before we go on. So the five children explored every nook and cranny of the gleaming cave. 
but could find nothing at all. Julian gave a sudden exclamation and picked something up from the floor. A cigarette end, he said. That shows that Lou and Dan have been here. Come on, let's see if there's a way out of this great cave. Right at the far end. Oh, excuse me, I do apologise. Right at the far end, halfway up the gleaming wall, was a large hole, rather like a tunnel. Julian climbed up to it and called to the others. That This is the way they went. There's a dead match just at the entrance to the tunnel, or whatever this is. It was a curious tunnel, no higher than their shoulders in some places, and it wound about as it went further into the hill. Julian thought at one time water must have run through it, but it was quite dry now. The floor of the tunnel was worn very smooth, as if a stream had hollowed it out through many, many years. Oh, I hope the stream doesn't take it into its head to begin running suddenly again, said George. We should get jolly wet. The tunnel went on for some way, and Anne was beginning to feel like it must go on forever. Then the wall at one side widened out and made a big rocky shelf. Julian, who was first, flashed his torch into the hollow. Hey, he shouted, here's where those fellows keep their stores. There's a whole pile of things here. The others crowded up as closely as they could, each of them flashing their torch brightly. On the wide rocky shelf lay boxes and packages, sacks and cases. The children stared at them. What's in them, said Nobby, full of intense curiosity. Let's see. He put down his torch and undid a sack. He slid in his hand and brought it out, holding a piece of shining gold plate. Coo, said Nobby, so that's what the police were after last year when they came and searched the camp. And it was hidden safely here. Coo, look at all these things. Jump in, Jiminy, they must have robbed the Queen herself. The sack was full of exquisite pieces of gold plate, cups, dishes, small trays. The children set them all out on the ledge. How they gleamed in the light of their torches. Wow, they are thieves in a very big way, said Julian. No doubt about that. Let's look in this box. The box was not locked and the lid opened easily. Inside was a piece of china. A vase so fragile that it looked as if it might break at a breath. Well, I don't know anything about China, said Julian, but I suppose this is a very precious piece, worth thousands of pounds. A collector of China would probably give a very large sum for it. <sighs> 
what rogues Lou and Dan are. Look here, suddenly said George, and she pulled leather boxes out of a bag. Jewellery! She opened the boxes. Well, the children exclaimed in awe. Diamonds flashed brilliantly. Rubies glowed red. Emeralds shone green. Oh, necklaces, bracelets, rings, brooches. The beautiful things gleamed in the light of the five torches. There was a tiara in one box that seemed to be made only of big diamonds. Anne picked it out of its box gently. Then she put it on her hair. Oh, I'm a princess. It's my crown, she said. You look lovely, said Nobby admiringly. You look as grand as Delphine, the bareback rider, when she goes into the ring on her horse, with jewels shining all over her. Anne put on necklaces and bracelets and sat there on the ledge, just like a little princess, shining magnificently. Then she took them off and put them carefully back into their satin-lined boxes. Well, what a haul those two rogues have made, said Julian, pulling out some gleaming silver plate from another package. So, they must be a very fine burglars. I know how they work, said Dick. Lou's a wonderful acrobat, isn't he? I bet he does all the climbing about up walls and over roofs and into windows. And Tiger St Dan stands below and catches everything he throws down. <sighs> You're about right, said Nobby, handling a beautiful silver cup. Lou could climb anywhere, up ivy, up pipes, even up the bare wall of a house, I shouldn't wonder, and jump, eat and jump like a cat. Ian Tiger Dan have been in this business for a long time, I expect. That's where Uncle Dan went at night, of course, when we were on tour, and I woke up and found him gone out of the caravan. And... I expect he stores the stolen goods in that caravan of his you showed us, said Julian, remembering. You told us how angry he was with you once when you went and rummaged about in it. He probably stored it there, and then he and Lou came up each year and hid the stuff underground, waiting till the police have given up the search for the stolen things, and then they come and get it and sell it somewhere safe. <sighs> well... As a very clever plan, said Dick. What a fine chance they've got wandering about from place to place like that. Hearing of famous jewels or plate. Slipping out at night and Lou climbing up to bedrooms like a cat. Wonder how they found this place. It's a most wonderful hidey hole. Yeah, nobody would ever dream of it, said George. And then we go and put our caravan bang on the top of the entrance, just when they want to put something in and take something out, said Julian. Oh, 
I must have annoyed them. Well, what are we going to do about it? said Dick. Tell the police, of course, said Julian promptly. What do you suppose? My word, I'd like to see the face of the policeman who first sees this little hall. They put everything back carefully. Julian shone his torch up the tunnel. Shall we explore it a little bit further or not, he said. It still goes on, look. Oh, better get back, said Nobby. Now we've found this, we'd better do something about it. Oh, let's just see where the tunnel goes to, said George. It won't take a minute. All right, said Julian, who wanted to go up the tunnel as much as she did. He led the way, his torch shining brightly. The tunnel came out into another cave, not nearly as big as the one they had left behind. At one end, something gleamed like silver and seemed to move. There was a curious sound there too. What is it? said Anne, alarmed. They stood and listened. Water, said Julian suddenly. Of course. Can't you hear it flowing along? It's an underground stream flowing through the hill to find an opening where it can rush out. Like that stream we saw before we came to our caravan camping place, said George. It rushed out of the hill, do you remember? This may be the very one. I expect it is, said Dick. They went over to it and watched it. It rushed along in its own hollowed out channel, close to the side of the cave wall. Maybe at one time it ran across this cave and down the tunnel we came up by, said Julian. Yes, look, there's a big kind of groove in the floor of the cave here. The stream must have run there once. Then for some reason it went a different way. Oh, let's get back, said Nobby. I, I want to know if Pongo's all right. I don't feel somehow very comfortable about him. And I'm cold too. Well, let's go back to the sunshine and have something to eat. I don't want a picnic down here after all. All right, said Julian. And they made their way back through the tunnel. They passed the rock shelf on which lay the treasure and came at last to the enormous gleaming cavern. They went across it to the hole that led down into the small cave. Down they went. Julian and George trying to manage Timmy between them. But it was very awkward, for he was a big dog. Then, along the passage to the entrance hole, they all felt quite pleased at the idea of going up into the sunshine again. Can't see any daylight shining down the hole, said Julian, puzzled. It should be near here. He came up against a blank wall and was surprised. Where was the hole? Had they missed their way? Then he flashed his torch above him and saw the hole there, but there was no daylight shining in. Hey, said Julian in horror. Hey, what do you think's happened? What? 
asked everyone in panic. The hole's closed, said Julie, and we can't get out. Somebody's been along and put those planks across and I bet they've put the caravan over them too. We can't get out. Everyone stared up at the closed entrance in dismay. They were prisoners. Whatever are we to do, said George. Julian, what are we going to do? Whoa. Oh my goodness me. Okay, so they are prisoners under the ground. That is not good. Tomorrow, chapter 19, we will find out exactly what they're going to do, if anything. Oh my goodness me. Well, hopefully all will be revealed. Hopefully. It's a bit scary, isn't it? Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, I think there's 23 chapters in this book, so we're not quite at the end yet. <laughs> anyway, you all have a great day. We'll find out tomorrow what happens next. And I'll see you all again tomorrow. Take care. Stay safe. Bye for now.